everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of When I Grew Up. On today's episode, it is my pleasure to introduce you to a good friend of mine. His name is EJ Lee. His first name is actually John, but he goes by EJ. Um, Hey, EJ, how are you? I'm great, Blair. (laughs) Thanks so much. Good to be here. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Truly. Um, My history with EJ is a little bit, uh, I don't know, like interesting in my opinion. Um, We both grew up in Atlanta, but never crossed paths, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you're kind of on the west side. I guess. You know, we didn't like to intermingle too much with kids on the west side. (laughs) Um, And then, um, but EJ is a name, actually, he's going to hate that I'm telling you guys this, but is a name that I kind of knew, like, growing up, because he's older than me. And and he's a, he used to be a pastor in um, Atlanta, and um, I think just like my circles, I kind of knew about EJ um, because of the ministry that you were doing. And then um, somehow four years ago, we kind of linked up and uh, had the opportunity to work on some things together. But that's not why we're here today. He's here to talk about what he does for a living and what he does day to day. So EJ, can you tell us what you do? wow okay um so i am what do i do i am the director of operations for a real estate development group called good places um we do mission driven real estate um uh you know working mostly uh in under-resourced neighborhoods to to work on catalytic projects for revitalization of those neighborhoods. Um, so I'm just really fortunate to, to be able to be one of the people that just kind of help make things happen. Um, so operationally, I'm kind of in the background, but it's just me and a partner and the two of us, uh, my boss, my mentor, um, uh, just kind of working closely with really mission aligned people. Um, and uh, I'm just wanting to serve and, and help, uh, you know, these communities. Sorry, I have a dog, by the way. Who is Samson. the cutest dog? He's a German Shepherd, right? Uh, yes. Yep, sorry. No, no problem. Is he, like, coming in through the, the mic? No, he will be just be part of this podcast, which is okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> okay, perfect. Perfect, yes. <laughs> um. So you kind of, like undersold it I feel like because I read up on good places a little bit of course you did I expect no less (laughs) true yes um and so you know your kind of mission statement right is um to revitalize like communities almost right to bring community a place for a community to come together and promote equity for this whatever it is that you're developing is that wrong No, that's right. I mean, that's, you know, that's the big pie in the sky. I mean, there's so many layers to when you talk about um, creating equitable places. Mm. Um, And, uh, you know, that ranges all the way from kind of economic development and social mobility, um, giving affordable places for people to live and giving people opportunities. Um, you know, I think real estate definitely plays a part in that and can be a a catalyst for those things, but it definitely isn't just us. Like we have to have a lot of strong community partners, like I said, that are mission aligned, values aligned, that help kind of really, uh, lift up communities, uh, around Atlanta, particularly. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're just a small piece of that pie, Mm -hmm. right? That puzzle piece. Um, but you know, it's. Okay, so in your description of what you do, mm-hmm. I understand it, and I feel like you used a lot of like keywords like revitalization and things like that, real estate. But could you give me like an example of like exactly what it is that Good Places does, like a a tangible example? Sure. Um, okay, so so the kind of starting, uh, I I actually got pulled in as kind of a project coordinator. Um, and I'm sure it's a part of the story that we'll probably get into, but, um, our first kind of demonstration project happened in old fourth ward. 
uh, off of Auburn Avenue, like literally a block down from uh, the King's Memorial. So if you understand kind of the landscape of Atlanta and, you know, and I don't know how much we want to get into it. And it's fascinating stuff. Um, but uh, let's get into it. OK, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, what what we were able to do is we, we basically take old buildings um, and I mean, we've done some ground up and we're doing ground up now. And what I mean by ground up is actually like new buildings, right? Like, so literally you build um, something from scratch. That's kind of a new build, right? Um, a lot of the things that we've done so far and are, are involved in is doing um, kind of rehabilitation projects. So like adaptive reuse. So basically we'll take a building, gut it, and then kind of, you know, renovate the inside and like repurpose it. You know what I mean? So what we've done in Auburn is we took um, kind of a 6,000 square foot two-story two building and uh, we gutted it. It's an historic building that was built in 1941. And, um, and what we did was basically create like seven micro units. And so when I say micro units, they're basically studios that are roughly anywhere from 290 square feet to about 420 square feet, each one slightly different. Um, uh, on the second floor and on the bottom floor, we created uh, a little, we didn't create it, but our tenant is uh, Atlanta Breakfast Club, and they started a nitro uh, coffee bar and chicken and waffles. Uh, and then the other tenant is kind of an office tenant that is a nonprofit that does uh, kind of recon like racial reconciliation and joining lives called Remerge. And, uh, and what we uh, have done is basically use kind of all the different kind of funding sources, like uh, money, basically, that we can find uh, from the city, grants, tax credits, et cetera, and create affordable spaces for these organizations to come in and be able to do the work that they do in areas that they probably couldn't afford uh, if we didn't pass the cost savings on to them. Does that make sense? Right? So, yes, that is incredible. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It sounds a lot cooler than it actually No, that's really cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, we're everything is about trying to create things more affordably mm. so that people that normally can't afford to be in areas like old fourth ward have a place uh, organizations that need to do work in old fourth ward have a place right that they can uh, afford right like you know because normally in you know areas that are really popular um i.e gentrifying right um uh oftentimes people get priced out mm -hmm. and uh and so what we try to do is create these kind of little catalytic projects hubs where they can actually come in and you know do do the work that they do or live uh you know um and, and be a part of those communities so yeah i don't i don't know if that was tangible uh or not but you know that's that was oh, kind of our yeah. demonstration project and and since it's been pretty cool because then like this the city planner and the commissioner you know kind of you know kind of reached out to us to to help them think through other kind of innovative ways to, you know, address some of these big kind of topics uh, around affordability and, um, you know, community uh, development uh, from a real estate perspective, right? So, um, so those, you know, those kind of things are cool. Yes. No, that makes uh, a lot more sense for me. It's a lot clearer. So um, just to clarify, though, mm -hmm. um, good places from the from the start, you're saying the ground up, you you're part of providing or build rebuilding the space in this particular project that you're explaining. And then mm -hmm. also finding tenants and helping them um, occupy that space and make it affordable for them. So that's what good places does. It's kind of like a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. So let me back up a little bit. So, okay, sorry. so we're real estate developers. Okay. Like our group. So good places is a real estate development group. 
So what that entails and all this stuff I'm, I actually learned, like, you know, so it's not like common knowledge. So I'm like, what, what's a developer do? So the question is, uh, what, what do we do? Basically, developers are, you know, in a nutshell, people that develop, right? Um, but that that's all encompassing, right? Like, so that's on one side, it's about the construction, right? Um, it's about finding people to build, you know, design, um, and all all that goes into the physical uh, building, right? Like, um, and making it inhabitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another portion of it that talks about uh, now how do you fund it, right? Where do you where do you get the money to be able to pay these builders to do, you know, this work, right? So you have to find funding sources, right? Um, and they usually call that like a capital stack, right? Like how do you stack your capital, right? Like how much of it is like private investment? How much of it is like city subsidies, like grants, um, uh, credit, tax credits, et cetera? Uh, maybe there's like um, different funds, you know, like, and, and then there's debt, right? Like traditional kind of bank debt. Right. Like, so you got to find the right combination of those things in order for a deal to work. Uh, And then the other side that I think we do, which is a little bit outside of what most developers do, is that we we try to find the tenants as well. Like we we curate uh, an ecosystem of like nonprofit social impact uh, tenants um, because we want those, these buildings to, to serve a mission. Does that make sense? Usually developers will do the, you know, the construction, oversee the construction, everything that goes into that, uh, developers will usually find money or they have their own money. Right. And then usually they'll broker, um, out the tenant and lease ups. Right. Um, but these brokers, commercial brokers, they, they're really expensive, right? I mean, they 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 cost a lot of money, sure. and um, and that those costs oftentimes get passed on through the project. Um, but if we don't use brokers and we kind of do it ourselves, we actually can save a lot of money, right? Like, and you're looking. I mean, if you're looking at like, I mean, you know, typically it's. Um, brokers can go depending on you know the size of a deal say it's like a hundred it's like a million dollar deal right brokers can take up to a hundred thousand dollars right that's almost ten percent yes you know i mean typically it's about eight percent if they take up you know eight to ten percent that hundred thousand your one million dollar project just became a hundred one point one million dollars right and that one point one million dollars then has to be passed and distributed through the whole deal um, and that means the tenants have to pay for all of that, right? I see. And so by like at least shaving off 10%, then we can make things more affordable, right? Which is kind of the, the name of the game, you know? Um, so again, um, I, I know that's just kind of a lot of high-level theoretical stuff, but that's kind of the secret sauce for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I mean, I'm really fortunate because my business partner, my mentor, um, she, 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 uh, is really good at it and she has a very extensive network and she's actually probably in the city of Atlanta. Like she's a pretty common name. Um, everyone either knows her or knows of her and she's like super well connected. And so, um, all the way from like kind of city officials to like, whole bunch of development space she sits on a bunch of boards and yeah she's a pretty and when you meet her you would never think it but she's she's a pretty powerful uh woman so that's um, awesome how did you um like meet her okay uh oh sorry i just god i'm just kidding to my mind (laughs) yeah no she really funny story actually um you know, and this kind of goes a bit to, into my journey, but, um, you know, I, <clears throat> when I transitioned out and stepped, basically stepped, uh, off the pulpit is the way that I kind of, uh, kind of 
talk about that transition. When I when I stepped out of ministry proper and um, and started going and basically looking, it wasn't again. This is. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know in how much detail you want to go into, but I want all the details, EJ. Just give me everything. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Well, I just I don't want to bore you nor the listeners, but uh, um, um, I think that's something that you're really good at. Is like, again, just sidebar. It's like you you're really good at being like interested. Like you are such an like you are like so good at just like like tuning in and like listening and like you know like it makes talking like really easy because i'm like oh she's really listening you know so i'm like yes. feeding off of it um, I know, you know, <laughs> so, now that you, but you say that and like some people are like are you genuinely excited i'm like yes every time i I know, like, I know you are yeah. i know you're absolutely excited like you're so in it like you can see it like you're like so engrossed in it um so anyway so all that to say i <clears throat> when i stepped off the pulpit i really didn't know what i wanted to do. I just knew that my time in uh, ministry, prop, and I keep on saying ministry proper is because I still feel like I'm doing ministry. It just looks different, right? Yeah. But in terms of being employed by the church as a pastor, and I knew that time was had come, um, I just knew that I felt like God had released me from from that season, and I was going to embark on kind of a new journey, uh, pursuing kind of different things, right? Um, I had no idea what I was doing necessarily, but, um, you know, uh, in a really random kind of sequence of events, um, uh, a friend of mine um, who was involved in in InterVarsity asked me to, uh, myself, uh, David Park, um, Pastor David Park, um, and and Sherry, Sherry Ong, who's now my my colleague and my boss, um, to come to Tennessee to help at a conference, uh, an Asian American InterVarsity conference, okay, as like mentors, leaders, small group leaders, or whatever. At the time, I didn't have a job. I didn't have, you know, I was like wandering, right? Like, and uh, and she asked the three of us. I didn't know Sherry at the time, but I knew that we all kind of were, you know, coming from Atlanta, and it was up in Knoxville. Tennessee. And so Crystal was like, Hey, the three of y'all, I think are all going to drive. Do you guys all want to just carpool together? Right. And so, yeah. And so that was it. Like we, we spent four hours in a car together, you know, and I was just, at that point I was like really searching. Like, I'm like, I was so curious to know what other people were doing. Right. Like, and so there was, you know, and like I mentioned, like there was no, you know, when I want to grow up podcast, um, that I could just tune in and just get like this o- library array of like all these different, you know, uh, uh, occupations. Um, I had to kind of do it the old fashioned way and like network, you know, <laughs> and so, and like meet people for coffee. And, you know, obviously all of this is different now with COVID and stuff, but I was literally, my, my, my whole thing was to network and meet up for coffee with at least two people every week, like two people that I didn't know, I would just randomly be like, Hey, like, this is my situation. Can we just get some coffee? Um, but then the four hour car ride, eight hours there and back, um, I was able to meet with her, talk with her. She kind of shared what she was doing. And I was like, and she was just starting good places. She had literally started and she herself purchased that Auburn property that I was explaining. Um, and she was just about to break ground on it. And, um, and, you know, after that weekend, the conference, I, I, I hit her up and was like, Hey, like, do you mind if we grab some coffee? I'd love to hear more about, you know, your project. Um, can you look at my resume? You know, like, how can I kind of beef it up? Cause I knew I, I, she, she had also gone to seminary. She was, uh, she's a PK, um, maybe she's not PK, her brother's a a pastor, but you know, she's a a woman of faith. And so I was like, Hey, like, can you look at my resume and can you help me kind of like, you know, um, uh, do some crossover and, um, yeah. And we met up for some coffee and we're just talking and, and then she was like, you know what, like, do you, do you want to (laughs) help? She was like, you know, do you want to just, you know, uh, help out? Um, maybe you can just kind of learn and see, you know, see, 
what we do, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and it was just her, you know? Uh, so she didn't even say we, me, she was like, literally, can you help me do this? You know? And I was like, sure. You're like, um, you know, why not? And so, yeah, that was, um, when was that? I was 2017, like March of 2017. Um, and, uh, yeah, and just been riding with her ever since. And, you know, that project actually took a little bit longer than she had anticipated. Like there was just a lot of different things that went on, uh, which were just great learning opportunities for me, but then also really got me like just jazzed about like real estate and development in particular. Um, and so, and then afterwards she was like, you know, like, I don't know what your plans are or what, you know, but, um, you know, you let me know, you know, what you want to do. And, uh, and I was like, I just want to keep rolling with whatever you got going on, you know? And so, so yeah, so that's, that's how we kind of met and that's how we just kind of embarked on this little journey, um, of developing good places and, and, uh, and got me on this podcast now. <laughs> the well, pinnacle of my career is like now in this moment. I will say what you're doing is pretty neat. I'm like kind of blown away just because of, um, so as I mentioned before, in the very beginning, when I was introducing, introducing EJ, um, I mean, I don't even know. I wasn't planning on bringing this up at all. But the reason we met is because we had a little interesting project <laughs> happening where we were, um, there was like an empty space. Just in few words, I'm going to explain this story. But, yeah, please. Um, I love I love it. Yeah. Uh, we're, there was like an empty space and someone had asked me to kind of like initiate something for the... Um, Korean American community, like just kind of where around our area in the Duluth area, Gwinnett area. And, um, you know, I was newly married and um, was like, just kind of like just in between I was working with church and then also my part time job with as a figure skating coach. And um, anyways, the person that initiated this project asked me to ask EJ to help me and I never had talked to you before and I just said and that's how for us it was the same it was like hey just want to meet up for dinner like so EJ and his wife and myself and David we met up and I just pitched this thing and he was like whoa I remember you were like whoa whoa what is happening (laughs) and but you that was when you were transitioning right out of ministry proper yeah, around that time, yeah. You were like about we, to transition. Well, 58 out. was going on. Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah, that's right. And we were meeting in that space. That's yeah, right. That's and right. brand new. Um, yeah, so we called it brand yeah. new. And yeah. anyways, in my head, it was like a, I don't know, like a coffee shop type of place. I didn't, we didn't really, we couldn't really come to a conclusion because I got really sick from my pregnancy and just left that's EJ right. in the lurch. Sorry, man. But <laughs> okay. it but it worked out for the best because look, look what you're doing now. But I, I say I say this story <laughs> today. Sorry. I say all of this to say, um I remember you in the beginning stages of it, of this space that we we're trying to make something happen in, you were kind of desiring for the place to be like a beacon of hope for the community and I I couldn't really catch on to the vision but I knew what you were saying and I feel like good places is like that's what that is you know a beacon of hope for the community and and in different words and so for me it's just incredible that that weird kind of time of transition for you led to good places and Mm -hmm. Um, it's just super exciting and so cool. I'm like, wow, like who would have thought this is something somebody could do for a living? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's it's awesome. Um, it really is. I totally, yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of like kind of, yeah, crazy um, themes that kind of ran through what we were talking about and then what I'm getting to ultimately do yeah yeah in in some of these communities so absolutely um and a couple of things so your boss's name is sherry you said mm-hmm. sure um, 
I just feel like even the fact that she's Asian American, she's actually Asian Australian. Oh, even cooler because yeah. <laughs> she's from Australia. Yeah. But, um, uh, like I just feel like that's so. And she's a woman. I'm like, yes, you know, yeah. that's yeah. pretty cool that's that really cool she things. started this. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, I forget my train of thought. But that's okay. We'll come back to it if I remember. But I just wanted to comment that I think it's really cool that um, an Asian Australian woman started this place called Good Places and had an idea and just ran with it. And I'm sure there's like a story behind her story too. Um, But, you know, maybe you can put in a good word for me. Yeah, just let me know. (laughs) We can hear her story one day. Yeah, you need to. Um, But... Um, Egypt, could you tell me before we go in more into your journey a little bit, could you tell me maybe like, so you said you're director of operations, what does a typical day to day look like for you? It might have evolved maybe because of COVID and stuff. But um, like, what are some of the general tasks that you're in charge of as director of operations? Um, I'm, I'm a little bit of everything. Mm. Um, So the way that Sherry and I kind of divide our workflow is she she does primarily a lot of the deal sourcing and handles a lot of kind of um, uh, networking and um, overall like strategy. Um, I do a lot of the just make happen kind of stuff, right? Like so uh, we need documents, I'll create documents, uh, we need pitch decks, we need financials, we need um, so I, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I lead meetings, um, you know, in the ways that our business continues to evolve and grow, you know, I've, I help kind of supplement all of that. Right. Like, so, yeah, I mean, it's really, you know, like for instance, today, well, today's kind of a different case because, uh, I went up to Blue Ridge. Okay, not today. <laughs> today, I just took the day off. But, um, you know, so yesterday, like, right, like we we get on a meeting with the project team. Um, I help kind of lead uh, that that meeting, like in terms of setting it up, setting up the agenda, um, and then just kind of, you know, obviously getting everyone kind of on the same page, um, trying to create like actionables, action items, do a lot of the follow up and making sure that, you know, hey, where are you with this? You know, like, so, you know, when it comes to like construction and development, you have to work with the city oftentimes and a lot of the municipalities. And so, you know, but some of the stuff that I, I can't do, um, I have to get like architects to do and things like that. And so I have to follow up with the architects and say, hey, where are the you know, where, where are we at the permitting process, the, you know, and, you know, just trying to get timeline. So I'm always trying to sync, sync up the project, right? Like making sure that we're on time, on budget. Um, and so I just handle a lot of those kind of day-to-day operations. Um, there's a lot of meetings. So I'm always scheduling meetings with potential partners, like investors. Um, I don't lead those meetings, obviously, because I'm still learning a lot about, just financials in general and how to read and create performas and, uh, and all those kind of different, um, very kind of nuanced specialized things, but, um, which has been really fun, but like, yeah, really complicated. Um, cause you're talking about like million dollar deals, right? Like, you know, so like the deal we're working on right now in college park is like, I mean, the whole deal itself is like close to like 30 million you know, and it's just, it's just a lot of zeros. Um, and so, and then you're like trying to thin slice it and understand like, you know, who's coming in with what and, you know, and then you're working with investors that are like, you know, if the deal's under, you know, say like 35 or $40 million, they're like, we don't want to touch it because it's not worth it to us, you know? And, and you're like, whoa, like that's, that's just crazy. Um, yeah. So all that to say, um, I just do a lot of those kind of things where I'm, um, you know, lining things up, coordinating things. Um, yeah. And handling a lot of the tenant operations as well. So, um, whether it's leases or, 
you know, there's actually one tenant that's trying to get out. And so now I got to help kind of create this termination letter um, and yeah, just figure out all the documents that we need. And it's just a lot of, yeah, those kind of things. So, so, you know, you've only been doing this for like the last three or four years. And you mentioned that it's been challenging because like there is a learning curve, right? Like this wasn't your experience. You had a whole nother life, I feel like. That's right. Before good places. And so um, I'm curious, like, could you speak to like the the challenges itself? Like, I mean, even now I'm like, what is this terminology you're using? I'm just going <laughs> to shake my head yes. And I'm like, you know, I'm sure these are all new terms for you too. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, how is that, how has that been? Like, do you study or wh- what do you do? Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of head shaking and Googling okay. um, on these meetings. And this is where it's like, you know, moving to a kind of a virtual meeting has been really helpful because like, I have like you know, different screens right. and I'm like, Oh, Oh, that's what a, you know, debt, you know, I don't know, whatever debt to cost ratio, leveraging, whatever, you know, et, uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. Like I'm just constantly like just kind of looking at things while they're talking so that I'm like filling in some of the gaps. Right. Okay. Like, you know, um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a pretty steep learning curve and I'm, I'm, I still would not feel you know, adequate to like really sit down in front of an investor and pitch, right? Like, Hey, this is why you need to do it. I can come at it from a social lens, Mm -hmm. right? Which is what I've been relying really heavy on is Mm -hmm. like the good, right? Like this is, this is why we need to do it, you know, but the how we need to do it has been the hardest part, Mm -hmm. right? Like, how do you make this happen? You know, like, um, and again, it's seminary doesn't prepare you for the financial, you know, um, kind of like knowledge that you need, like, you know what I mean? Like basically it's just tides and offerings and creating yearly budgets, you know? And, uh, yeah, it has nothing to do with investors and their returns, right? Like, um, there's a lot of acronyms, um, that they use, um, debt to service ratio, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And it just, there's just a lot of different terminologies. And so um, I've been having to learn a lot of that. So I would say the challenge for me really is one, I think there's a, a, a an imposter syndrome that I really have to really get over. Um, I don't know how quickly I have to get over it because I, I am technically only here by grace, really, like, you know, um, now whether or not I deserve to be here, that's a whole different question. But I, I think I, I work really hard. And I think I, from a values perspective, I think I'm, I'm, I'm right where I should be. Right. Like, um, but you know, these, the people that I work with all have been trained in business, right? Like they're all, they're all financial people. They're all real estate people. They understand the bottom line. They understand like, you know, like they really, I mean, everyone wants to make a profit like real estate. Um, and I'm sure you're learning this. People are learning this really quickly that real estate is the quickest way to wealth generation. Right. And so everyone's trying to generate wealth and, uh, and, and it's really challenging to talk to people that have kind of, kind of a one track mind. They're like, we just, we need to make more money, you know, like, why would we do that? Or why would we, you know, do X, Y, and Z when it's going to hurt our bottom line, you know, like when it's going to hurt our profitability, like why, why, you know? And you have to give them a reason, but oftentimes if your values aren't aligned, you realize you're, you're just talking two different languages or you're just talking about the same thing, but you're coming at it from completely different sides. And oftentimes you just realize that, you know, it doesn't, it's not going to work, you know? And so I think some of the hardest things is like really exciting projects that have fallen through, like we call, you know, fallen over, uh, because they wanted to make more money and we're like, you have to give something up. Like this, this project isn't your retirement, you know, plan, right? Like we're not going to work with you if you're just going to try to make as much money as you can, you know, out of the deal and you're not going to leave anything for the community. And so we've had to walk away from in, in just my short time, we walked away from like four I can remember definitely three deals where we were just like, no, we can't do this. Mm. Um, 
you know, and they were really exciting. Like they were really cool, cool projects where I'm like, oh, that's really sad. I know the first one hit me like a ton of bricks. And then Sherry was like, it happens. You just have to like look for the next one, you know? And I'm like, all right, but man, that would have been so cool. You know, like, um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I don't know. I mean, those, those are some of the challenges, you know, um, that I've, I'm learning. Um, but yeah. Um, as you're talking, I was wondering, um, like on the other side of that, you know, I know it must be hard to find investors that see eye to eye with what you guys desire to see happen mm-hmm. um, in the long term. But like at the same time, are there people that like are you meet that are like minded or like, yeah, like this is this is good? Yeah, I mean, there's. I mean, these days, um, there's whole funds that are created. Like, so a, f- a fund is just a pool of money, um, you know, that's been entrusted to a group by really wealthy people. Um, and these funds, they, they have different thresholds. So thresholds are basically like how much money they get back, right? Like, so, um, you know, if they give us $100, right, like uh, the ROI on that, typically for a real estate development deal is north of 20 to 25 percent right like so if i give you a dollar or a hundred dollars i expect 20 to 25 dollars back right million dollars you know it scales right um the way that we approach the projects are like hey we want to get you to close to 20 as possible Mm -hmm. but realistically the way that we operate you have to be okay with like 13, 14, 15, right? Um, But you'll also get this kind of social return, right? Um, And so there's funds that, you know, really wealthy people, they get to this legacy stage in their life and they're like, we want to give, but not just to make more money, but we want to do some good, right? And so they'll entrust these impact funds to be able to kind of steward these investments. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as long as we can demonstrate a certain threshold, like certain return, um, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and real estate developers, like they're kind of a dime a dozen and a lot of them are really good salesmen and those that can actually like um, produce, I, apparently is pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, obviously I only know what I know. Right. Like, and which is our group. And then the really big ones that seem to be on top of all the deals, right? But um, I guess it's really difficult, you know? And so once you get a reputation for someone who's able to execute and deliver, um, they they want to keep working with you, mm. right? Because And so sure. um, you create like kind of a network of these kind of funds that you just pitch to and say, hey, like we got this project, this is what it looks like, this is the social good, you know? And you create like a whole pitch, on this is why you should invest would you be interested and you know some some yeah some people are are really good about it you know um and the more it becomes about a relationship then it then that's when you know that you have like a a good like pipeline of like funding right so you can just go after projects right so interesting uh, yeah, pretty interesting. I don't know. I guess it's pretty interesting. I no, never kind of sit back and think about it, but yeah. I mean, again, like I say this every podcast. It's just things I, th- I never think about, you right. know. Yeah. But I, but I should. I feel like I should think about it. Why? Why? <laughs> why? Like, why would you? Why would you sit there and think about these kind of no, things? No, but um, <laughs> I mean, it's just like I'm glad I know. Okay, now I know about them, so now I like am curious to know more, and I think that's the whole point. But um, yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. Okay, so like, what do you like about your job that you're doing now? Um, wow, what do I like about it? I I like that it got me on this podcast. Ah, funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, I think there's there's so many things I like about it. There's so many things that I just uh, like just drive me crazy. Um, I, since you asked about what I like, I I. I enjoy, I really enjoy, um, the breath of the kind of people that I get to, to work with, meet, um, 
and again, like I, yeah, I don't want this to become about like my former life and my current life kind of thing. But if I'm really trying to compare, uh, I can't help it sometimes because I feel like when I was a pastor, I, um, I really just kind of ran with the people that kind of looked like me, talked like me, uh, you know, kind of thought like me. Um, and then everyone else that I met that was different was kind of like, I want you to be more like me, <laughs> if that makes sense, right? Like, um, you know, um, and now I get to just meet people and just appreciate them and the value that they bring, whether it's to the project or just the good work that they're doing, you know, because like I said, uh, part of kind of the niche thing we do is we build capacity for these organizations by giving them like affordable space. And so we actually get to work with some of these organizations. Um, and, I, and I just, I get to be a part of their future, right? Like I get to like, you know, uh, whether it's like a nonprofit that's just trying to basically move out of their home operation and try to find like a legitimate space to work out of and grow their, their organization, you know, like I get to be a part of that um, in some small way. And you get to hear about some really cool uh, things that people do, you know, and, um, and it's all part of their kind of passion, their heart. Um, so you meet some really cool people um, and then you get to meet some really influential people and you realize they're just down to earth, like normal folks, you know, that you normally like, oh, I didn't know you're, you like, for instance, like I got to meet, um, you know, um, yeah, let's name drop. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I name drop, but I got to meet, you know, like an NFL, like ex NFL player. Cause he's looking at like investing. Right. And they're, you know, and, um, yeah. And, and so they came down to look at one of our projects and I was like, man, you're really big you know like, like but he's just like a normal dude like yeah. he's just sitting there like yeah you know munching on like you know snacks and just walking around like just looking at projects asking questions and you know now I get to hop on a phone with him like you know every other week and just kind of talk and we talked about the Braves yesterday and you know just kind of like whatever yeah. right? that's right, cool so it's just those kind of things it's all about the people that you get to meet and uh and stuff like that so I think that's probably the biggest perk and then the other big perk that I really enjoy about my job is like, there's a product, right? Um, and again, in my former life, there never felt like there was a product. It was always kind of like, you know, I would produce like, say, a sermon, right? It was either really, you know, uh, it was it was a blessing or it was just kind of like really a burden to listen to. I don't know, like depending on what side of the, you know coin you're on um but you're only as good as your last sermon right like um and that was sometimes difficult because it just felt like for 52 weeks and again i never preached week and week in week out but you know it, it was it was just felt like a very ongoing thing right like it was just indefinite um i really appreciate that even if these projects take two years like i can walk through it meet people and say yeah i was you know in some small part, like this is the product. Right. And so, um, I think to me, that's really gratifying, right? Like I have like something tangible that's being produced. Um, and that's going to stay like, it's going to stick around for a little while. Right. Um, so yeah. So those kind of things I think are in a lot of ways, very, very, um, gratifying. And, you know, I really appreciate about, you know, what I get to be, a part of yeah no I can definitely resonate with some of the things that you're saying and I think that's really cool it's really awesome yeah. um you mentioned there's a few things that irritate you about your job <laughs> yeah uh -huh. but you know just name a couple just name like one or two what are some uh -huh. things that off the top of your head are like you just could do without <laughs> yeah it's just some of the people that I meet you know? <laughs> I know it's, just, it's like one of those questions. What is your, what is your greatest weakness? What's my greatest strength? You know, like, yeah. um, yeah, it, it, you know, sometimes the people you just yeah. don't jive. I yeah. mean, you get that, right? Like it's just hard and you still want to honor them. You still mm -hmm. want to, you know, value them, but you just realize we're just not the same, you know, we're not even talking the same language right now. And, 
So those kind of people are really hard because it's really sometimes really disappointing um, because that you, you see people's opportunity, right? Like you see potential or whatever. That's just, I think that's just life. I don't know if that's necessarily work, always about work. Um, uh, The other thing is, um, you know, some, the day-to-day operational tasks are sometimes feel uh, a bit, um, I don't know, just, just just day-to-day things. Like you just have to keep up with it and do it, you know, like it's just, it's not sexy. It's not exciting. You know, when I get to talk about it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's so cool. But then when you're sitting there in construction and like things aren't working and you just got to go be there, you know? Um, yeah, sometimes it's just, it's just kind of boring, you know, <laughs> like some days I just sit in front of my computer and just, you know, look at Excel sheets and do stuff all day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what a waste of a day. Um, but again, you know, it's just like any job, right? Like you just, it's a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And if you know EJ a little bit, you know, you probably, he hates that. <laughs> in front of computers. <laughs> yeah. So I can see you not liking that. But um, I feel like I could ask you a lot more questions, but what I, I think our time is coming to an end. Um, so quick. I'm, I'm trying to keep it to an hour, you know, it's oh, been really gotcha. tough, but um, <laughs> um, I, I'm okay. So what I really want to ask is, I feel like there could be people listening that were that either are currently in the same situation or maybe just moved past it or about to enter it. But that time of transition that you're talking about, you know, of just coming out of what you call ministry proper, right? Like a job that you were in for a long time. Like how long were you a pastor on the pulpit? On the pulpit? Um no, like nine years. Like that's a long time to run, right? And then, yeah. and about a third of my life. Yeah, and so like, and then you know you you said you're wandering, and then you ended up where you you are now. Um, you know, for me, like what I took a little bit from you sharing that story was you you worked your butt off, you know, like to get to get where it didn't just I I kind of joked I think before the interview started that it kind of fell in your lap but it didn't you know like you had you did the work you met the people and stuff like that but um I guess like what I'm asking is do you have advice for people that are maybe in that transitional period you know I would even say like you know there are some younger people listening that even that time you know right out of college where you have to enter adulting you know and they're like oh crap now what yeah, you know, time. and um, I don't I don't want to compare it because I know it's not the same, but maybe just for people in transition that are like feeling lost and like wandering, like what would you say to them? Or what uh, would be some advice that you would give? Wow. Um, there's again, I don't know if there's necessarily a formula. Um But if I were to really kind of take a step back and think through that whole season, you know, I think the hardest part was the unknown, right? So for me, like the transition really began when I started exploring, like, do I do I transition, right? Like, so again, I think it's, you know, when you talk about coming out of college, it's definitely a time of transition, but it's slightly different because like you had said, I had invested a lot of time and energy into becoming a pastor, right? Like, it's not just, like, I wasn't a chandosanim, right? Like, it wasn't like, you know, I uh, I went to seminary, got my MDiv, um, got ordained, like, did all this to, like, set myself up to be, like, a career Christian, right? Like, I was going to be um, professional. I was going to be good. Um, and you were. You know, and you still are. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Um, you know, so I was... So a lot of a lot of my thoughts and dreams and you know ambitions kind of revolved around ministry oriented things, right? Like so, I just wanted to be good at that. Um, and then so when the time was starting to come, where I was like, man, I don't know, like I don't know if this is this is it. And so I think the scariest part is like that that piece of like 
stepping into that I don't know space, that like, yeah, this liminal space of like not knowing and kind of being in limbo and, but embracing that space, you know? So I'm like, I, I embrace that season of like wandering because I, I, I stay wandering because I wasn't lost. You know, I know where I'd been and I didn't know exactly where I was going, but I knew, you know, like I wasn't going to look back. And so as I was like moving forward, like I just, I knew that there were people out there that I can lean on to glean from and learn from, you know? And so the hardest part was putting myself out there, right? Like, because oftentimes they, you know, the things that they, they ask you is like, so what is it that you want? You know? And, and you don't know, like, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like, I just know what I don't want. (laughs) Right. And I don't want to do that. So I was like, you know, and so, you know, embracing that season and really trying to like hone in on what is it that I really want? Like, what's my, what makes me come alive? What makes my heart beat? Like, what are the things that I want to wake up and do? You know, and I just knew that I wanted to, I wanted to impact, you know, on a, on a larger scale, right? Like I just knew that I wanted to be involved in things where communities were being helped in some way, right? Um, and, uh, and so I wanted to get into kind of community development space. And so like when everyone, when someone was doing something community oriented, I was just like, my ears perked up and was like, tell me more right? Can we get some coffee? Like just, and I would literally be like, Hey, can we grab coffee for half an hour? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to take up a lot of their time because I knew they were busy. So I'd be like 30 minutes, I'll meet you wherever, come with some questions, you know, and thank them for their time. And it was just a lot of just networking, right? Like, and so I I would say like really putting yourself out there. Um, And there are people that would say no, but nine times out of 10, they're, everyone's, really like gracious with their time, you know, um, you, you just have to be persistent, you know, you just have to ask. And so, um, my advice would be to put yourself out there, embrace the season, ask, um, um, and, and do some internal like reflection, soul searching. What is it, what is it that, what I want, you know? And, and, um, you know, and then the other side is like, you know, oftentimes people look at what they're good at, but I also realized like there's things that I'm good at, but there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm open to learning, you know? So being teachable, I think is, is the really good posture, right? That kind of comes with learning, right? Like I, I want to learn and I want to be teachable. I want to take on skills and challenges and, and understand that like I, I can do it, you know? Um, like I might not be great at it at first, but I can definitely become proficient, you know? And, um, yeah. And so, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of a laundry list of things. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that that transitional space is is really scary, but at the same time can be really exciting. Um, but again, I, I was really fortunate because that's that that season, that season um, was only about four months um, for me before I kind of got like, you know, kind of swept up but I had a lot of irons in the fire I mean you can ask some of my closest friends like I was I was like networking you know making myself available volunteering doing things you know every day like I never just sat at home right like I was I was getting out like it was my job I just wasn't getting paid for it you know (laughs) and uh and you know so that's yeah man I just feel like if I were in that position, I know you said you weren't lost, but I think even just being that self-aware would be difficult for me. But anyways. um, Well, again, and I have to give a shout out to my wife. Like she she was so supportive, right? Like, you know, again, like if I didn't have Les, like, you know, in my corner, like rooting for me, believing in me, like. I think a lot of this would be very different. Like it'd be a very different. Yeah. It would just be a very different approach. Right. Like if, you know, um, yeah. And she, you know, she, she's always been kind of a a big fan and always kind of believed in me. And so that, 
that goes a long way for your own self-confidence, right? Like, Hey, you're right. I can do this, you know? And so, um, you know, so that, that was a, a huge piece, but again, I mean, that's something I was, you know, blessed with. It's not something, you, you know, you just have, right? Like, yeah. Um, so yeah. Some more advice, find a good spouse, <laughs> a supportive right. spouse that roots you on. But, um, right. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Oh, but just one more question. Sorry, before sure. we sign off. You can off. ask more. more. You can ask <laughs> um, 10 questions, Blair. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, you know, for somebody listening that is like, wow, real estate development, that sounds some, like something I would be interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how would they, is there like a course on this? Or how do you even go about doing that? Oh, man. There, I guess, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, that's a great question because I didn't really take a traditional route. Um, yeah. You know, like, I'm just curious if like, did you, like, did that, did that ever come up in your conversation with your boss, like for you to go back to school or anything like that concerning this? No, actually she, she actually deterred me from going back to school. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyways, yeah. we're, I'm, you know. If you're listening to this podcast well, you'll know that, you know, EJ is a different breed altogether. He doesn't need to go back to school to learn things. Um, but, um, yeah, so you don't you don't know, huh? I mean, I know there's courses um, mm-hmm. and there's I think there's definitely real estate oriented majors mm-hmm. now, um, whether it's, you know, construction, financing, like all these different things that will give you kind of uh you know, so, some of the kind of, kind of an in, it, I don't know, kind of like an in, inside track, I guess, towards mm-hmm. these kind of things, um, um, you know, and depending on what side of real estate you want to be on, like, you know, I have a, a friend and colleague that I'm, you know, becoming quite close with, um, you know, he's, he's an architect, mm-hmm. but he wants to get into development, mm-hmm. you know, and he's using his skill set and obviously learning the other pieces, right? And so, I mean, I don't know if there's just like one path towards it. Sure. Um, you can take a bunch of different paths. Um, you know, I was toying with an idea of getting an MBA and this is where my my boss was like, you know, don't, don't, you know, like you're going to be a hundred plus in debt and one, you're not going, we're not going to pay you back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, but then the other, other pieces, you know, like, you can learn this stuff as you do it, you know? And so that's why she was like, just pay attention and learn, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, and so those kind of things were really helpful for me because I was like, Oh, should I go back and get a project management degree or, you know, cause I'm like kind of Asian. Right. And all the only training I ever really had graduate school wise was like theology. Right. Like, and I was like, do I need to go back and do some finance courses? Like, should I learn, you know, X, Y, and Z? She's like, you know, and I was like, literally like sending her stuff. I'm like, what do you think about this? What do you think? And she's like, if you want, you know, but <laughs> you like, you know, um, which is easy for her to say, cause she was like, you know, kind of a accounting finance major. And she's, mm-hmm. you know, she's like super brilliant when it comes to just numbers, number crunching in her head. And I'm like, wow. Um, you know, so I don't know, but I would say if you want to get into development, depending on what side of development, if you want to come into the finance side or if you want to actually come into the construction side, like you can both find paths towards that end. Um, But, you know, uh, nothing gets you the kind of, you know, experience or gets you to that place, you know, uh, without getting kind of the experience. Um, Yeah, but it's it's tough. I'm I'm. I'm really in a fortunate situation, you know, because I, yeah, I'm in a very, it's just me and me and Sherry and, you know, we have like all these partners that we work with. Um, but I, I literally get to see everything. Like I get to be a part of everything. So, uh, whereas, you know, if I were to go more traditional route and got my degree in something, then I would have to apply to like a larger job or a firm, you know, and then I would kind of start with kind of on the bottom up. And, you know, I don't think you kind of get the, the kind of array of exposure. Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of get siloed, like you get put into like 
groups, you know what I mean? And you just kind of work on that thing that you've been assigned. Whereas I've been able to kind of get a little bit of everything, you know, which might make me good at nothing, but at least I know a little bit about everything. Yeah. At least enough to be dangerous. No. Yeah. <laughs> on a podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, was there anything else you wanted to share with people? Is there anything else that I wanted to share? Um, um, I want to share that I think you're doing a great job, Blair. Oh gosh, that's and not what I'm really I proud of you for, you for putting this today. podcast together, and you know, yeah, just following your passion and wanting to to help young people navigate this the complexities of life. You know, um, yeah. So I think that's really cool, and so Thank I just want to commend you for yeah the hard work and. You know, I know it's, I'm sure it's a lot of fun because, you know, you enjoy this kind of stuff, but at the same time, it's not producing anything like content wise is, it's hard work, you know, like week in, week out and relevance and all that kind of stuff is really hard. Um, so I do want to commend you for being, you know, faithful to it and, and doing, doing a good job. You're doing a great job. So thanks, EJ. Yeah. And that means a lot for you to say that. I also have to give a shout out to my significant other who does a lot of the legwork for me. I do the fun stuff and he does yeah. the technical stuff for me. But um, yeah, thanks for saying that, man. I really appreciate yeah, it. Um, it. <laughs> well, EJ, I thank you so much for your time tonight. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, you know, if you are listening and you're like, man, this is such a cool thing which i think it is um real estate development or if you have any questions at all i bet i could hook you up with a 30 minute coffee date with ej just contact me. <laughs> no really i mean like for, for you, me blair, anything just drop blair's name and you guys are in no no but seriously seriously i um are you okay with that you know if anyone's interested them emailing you or something sure yeah sure <laughs> absolutely um, um you guys if you uh truly are if you have any questions please feel free to reach out you can dm me or um email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com w-i-g-u and um maybe i can connect you with the amazing ej lee <laughs> man now i feel like a little less inclined to meet people because it's just downhill from there no you'll be like oh my gosh you're a lot shorter than you looked on the video and you're <laughs> you're not quite as smart i thought you sounded like a lot smarter uh, i can uh, attest but, that he's super smart and he is a great person to talk to um, um and gives great advice so um anyway hey, can i make one book recommendation yes book um, recommendation yes please. yeah so i think the other part of real estate that we didn't quite get into is um so atlanta is like really known for their like uh, i don't know social economic disparities right like sure. and just yeah. race and color and yeah and all those things are like i know there's just been waves of this and people have been kind of inundated with um yeah, just the whole movement of, you know, black lives and valuing people, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, um, and I think real estate in some way I'm learning is um, a big piece to the puzzle. I, it's, again, it's just a piece of the puzzle. Um, but there's a book that's been really fascinating and it's called The Color of Law. Um, and it's called it's called The Color of Law, A Forgotten History of How Our Government Segregated America. Okay, super fascinating read. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're just, if you're into kind of that kind of stuff, history, um, particularly about segregation and just the systemic injustices um, that I am now getting to be a part of, um, for good, for better, or for worse. Like it's always on my mind, right? Like, um, and it's so clear, like the haves and the have nots and, and just kind of the work that I get to do. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's real. It's the reality, right? Like as, as much as you want to help people, like you, yeah, it's just really, sometimes it's just hard, you know, because they're just not in a place to be helped. And you realize it's the system 
that kind of put them in that place, right? Like just over time. And um, yeah, so the color of law, um, I think is a, is a fascinating read um, and, and kind of, kind of opens your eyes to, um, you know, just that mm. uh, whole segregation piece, um, which is found in real estate. Like real estate was a huge driver for people to get rich. And based on the color of your skin, right? Like you, you either got to be rich or you didn't get to be rich. And, you know, um, yeah. And so, yeah, I just want to toss that out there for anyone that wants to, you know, just have something to do. Yeah, um, no, that's great. I feel like, um, as you mentioned, this year has just been waves of all kinds of things. And part of that has been just the um, social unrest, right? That's been made very apparent um, and in, like you said, inundated with just information. And I think that book sounds extremely fascinating. I mm. am not a big reader, but I will audiobook it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Audible. <laughs> um, you know, David and I have been learning so much about just, we've been watching documentaries and movies and things like mm. that. And, you know, he wasn't raised here, but he's just learning a lot too. And it's been... Um, yeah. And so when you say that real estate piece is a large, is a piece of the puzzle, I believe it. Mm -hmm. Like it's so evident and clear. Yeah. So I'm, man, I'm just really excited about good places. And like, I hope, I don't know, somehow maybe, you know, one day when my kids are older, <laughs> you know, I can, um, yeah, I don't know, somehow be a part of what you're doing. Cause I think this thing is so cool. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Even if it's just like meeting the tenants in your place you know i just feel like it would be so awesome yeah no we got some cool things going coming down the the pipe so but yeah absolutely anytime well anytime. thanks again ej yeah of course um all right guys thanks for listening again reach out if you have any questions until next time bye Peace.